I don't think a day goes by, and it's really um, become, I think, even more prominent um, and certainly more true that a day doesn't go by when I engage in a conversation with somebody who expresses a worry, a doubt, a fear, or an anxiety. I, I don't know if that's been your experience, but, but it seems to be so much more prevalent. And, and I don't think it's an accident. I mean, to think about the world that we live in, right? I, I, I think about um, people, and I think about our country, and I think about this ever-increasing void of God's presence. And specifically, of course, we, we booted them out of our schools. We booted them out of the administration of our government. And I hope and trust we haven't booted them out of our lives. See, and the problem is when you choose to do that, you, you also say that you don't need protection and care, the love, um, that only God can give. And we have choices to make, each and every one of us in the living of life, to either walk with Him or, or not walk with Him. We want to have Him be present in our lives, and when I say that, each and every moment, or, or not. He, he doesn't force Himself on anybody. And he speaks so much in his word about who he desires to be and who he will be in our hearts and in our lives so that we can know it, so that we can claim it, we can live it. We're going to spend the rest of this summer in, in worship in a series entitled Faith Over Fear to think about different fears and different things that we, that we struggle with that create anxiety and stress and doubt and very real fear. Stories about how God delivered, about how God brought victory, about God being just who he said he was going to be. And it's my privilege to bring you one of those stories this morning and the truth that comes with it out of Joshua 1. We're going to look at the first five verses as well, but I want to read verses 6 to 9 for you at this time. And as I do, listen to what it is that God wants to say to you very specifically as he shares these words in truth. Joshua 1, verses 6 to 9. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it, to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is 
the word of God might it be written in your heart and lived in your life. So I, I, I want to move along um, and, and share this truth, but I, I want to share with you um, context and, and kind of a backdrop. And, and some of you are, are maybe very familiar, but as this words are spoken and as they're given, it's a, a charge, a call, a promise to Joshua and, and then to the entire nation. They're on the verge of entering into the promised land. Maybe you're familiar um, with, with the words that are spoken in, in Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, but they're there. They're just standing there, just getting ready to enter in. The problem is they had been there for 40 years. And so, so God is speaking. He's giving another call and charge. And, and you see that in verse 6. He says, because you'll lead these people to inherit the land, I swore to their forefathers to give to them. How long had they been there? Maybe some of you know, over 40 years. Why is that? Because they struggled with a promise that God had given them, their forefathers. Do you know the story? You know, there's all kinds of, if you read through Exodus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, there's all kinds of occasions, there's all kinds of stories about how that had, had been shoved aside or rejected. Maybe you're familiar with them, maybe not, but all kinds of times, when you read something like this, where, where the people got upset, um, they, they, they saw things and they got worried and, and fearful, uh, terrified, discouraged, and so they rose up and they grumbled and they complained and then they rebelled. And they said on more than one occasion to Moses and to leadership, you know what, what is the deal here? You brought us out into the desert to die. It would be better if we went back to Egypt. And they say that repeatedly. It'd be better if we go back to Egypt. If we go back, we go back, go, we go back. A rejection of what God was promising them that was there, that they were on the cusp of. It was incredible. And they do that in, in Numbers 13 and Numbers 14. And it's really the, the situation that caused God to say, okay, you're going to be out here for 40 years. I'm going to read that passage very specifically in just a second. Maybe you remember the story. God had, had appointed 12 spies, men, to go out and to, to explore the land so they could see what it was that was before them, what it was that he promised to give them. Not that he said, you know, if you go, maybe it'll go. No, I'll give it to you. You'll be victorious. You'll have this land. So they go, and maybe again you know the story. Ten came back and said, ooh, You know, we went, and yeah, there's a lot of good things, but this is not good. See, there's people in that land that are really big and strong and powerful. They call them the Anakonites. We, 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 we can't take them. No, 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 we're going to get crushed like grasshoppers. The cities, we saw cities with walls, big, tall, we can't take the cities. It's fruitless. It's ever, we, we should not go. 
Two, of course, Caleb and Joshua said, what are you talking about? God said he'd give it to us. We need to go. We'll be victorious. No, the ten prevailed. They shared the story among the nation. It's amazing how that happens. And what happened? People believed the bad report, that it was terrible, that it was going to be bad. And so they rebelled, and, and they said this. They said, do you know what? Did I share this with you already? We need to go back to Egypt. We need to ditch these bums who are leading us. We need to go back to, to Egypt. God got very angry about that. He speaks to that in Numbers 14. But we're not for the intercession of Moses. Who knows what would have happened. But this is what God said to them. I want you to think about this as you think about your life and you think about the promises of God. So th- this, this is what God said to them. He said this, your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lie in the desert. For 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explored the land, you'll suffer for your sins and you'll know what it's like to have me against you. Harsh? You can debate that all you want. I think the reality is is that God is, is, is making it very very clear the importance of following of following him because of who he is and who he desires to be in our hearts and in our lives and and, and we struggle with that just like the nation of Israel don't we we live from day to day and we look around and we see things. You know that saying? You can only see as far as the end of our nose. And what that means is you just can't see anything further than what is in the moment. What you, what you have around you. What, what you can touch. What you can feel. Where you can, can walk and where you can go. Everything that is just right here in front of you. It's speaking about short-sightedness. And unfortunately, that's what happens a lot of times when we have problems and issues. And there's this thing called doubt or worry or fear or anxiety about what will be. And God speaks to that. He speaks about who it is that he is and who it is that he will be. Did you see that in in, in verse 6? I swore to the forefathers to give to them. It was a done deal. So I have a couple questions for you. And you already know the answer to the first one, but I want you to think about it a little bit more specifically. What are you afraid of? What right now, in this moment, you've got the names, you've got the things. What is it that gives you anxiety? What is it that gives you stress? What is it that you're just struggling with and you're thinking about uh, uh, how it's going to work out? What is it? 
And now this question. When you're in those moments and the fear and the doubt and the anxiety is rising, I want you to think about this. What are you looking at? Very important question. When you have those, those thoughts that are hard, that, that cause you to, to freak out, whatever it means, or just to really come unglued or, or to just, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. What are you looking at? Are you looking at the problem? Are you looking at the situation? Are you looking at yourself and your own capabilities and resources? What is it? Are you looking at somebody else, naysayers? Oh, my goodness. Lots of voices who want to speak into your particular situation. Just a little hint here. If you have somebody who's negative and speaking into it and just allaying those fears and causing them to percolate, don't listen. What are you looking at? So here's the obvious where this is going. Make the point. Are you looking at God? Are you seeing him and what he says and the promises? God's word is filled with promises. about who he will be. And he has a call and a charge and a promise for us all. Look at what he said to, to Joshua. This is in verses 1 to 5, and I'm just going to highlight him. He, he says it again. Um, Go over into the land uh, that I am about to give to you. And then this is in verse 3. And again, here you're hearing something that he's saying to Joshua. What is he saying to you in the midst of your fears and worries and stress and doubts? So personalize it. Here's what he says. I will give you, listen to this, I will give you every place where you set your foot. Every place where you set your foot. Verse 5. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon. Everything that you can't see right now, but that is in front of you. That was verse 4. Verse 5 says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be. Not possibly, not probably. uh, So I will be with you. And I will never, see that, never leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe that's true? That God is speaking these words to you and to me about the things that we deal with and the things that we're going through. In the moment, um, Joshua had a choice, didn't he? He had a choice to believe it or not. And and the crazy thing is, you know, he he believed it. 
He he had seen a lot of things. He, He had seen all of the grumbling. He had seen all of the complaining. He saw all of the times that people were ready to to kill his his dear friend Moses and mentor. He saw all of that. He, He knew what it would be like. He knew what the challenges would be moving forward. But I want to submit to you, there's something else that he knew. He knew God. And he knew what God had said, I will give you the land, every place you Put your foot. I will never leave you. I will always be with you. He knew that and he believed it. How about you? See, he had a choice. And he believed and he claimed faith over fear. You have that same choice. I I don't know if God could be more clearer. I don't know if he could proclaim it. And and again, we're going to look at story after story all throughout Scripture about deliverance. About victory. About God's promise fulfilled and lived it's incredibly profound and he says to Joshua be strong and courageous be strong and courageous brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ I think that if God was here in the physical, he would come up to each one of us. And I don't know what he'd give us first, a hug or grab onto our shoulders, look us in the eye and shake us up a little bit and say, look, are you hearing what I'm telling you? I know what's in your hearts. I know your problems. I know what you're going through. Will you please listen to me? I want to be your God. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. Be bold. Be courageous. You have a choice to make. It's a simple choice, really, but not an easy one. I look at what he says in verses 7 and 8. Be strong and and very courageous. And then the plan that he gives. He speaks about being careful to obey, about being careful to follow, not just in a little way, but in a big way. It's a simple plan. Believe, obey, follow equals success. Again, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be hard times. They, they understood that. Joshua understood that. It, it was to go in and conquer the land. That meant that there was going to be effort. There was going to be battles. There were going to be fights. There were going to be things that they had to overcome. Your life and my life are no different from this day forward. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be problems. There's going to be things like almost falling over. 
but, but God says, this is what, you, this is what I want you to do. I, I want you to, to understand who I am. I want you to know who I am. I want you to believe who I am. I want you to obey the things that I tell you. Not because he wants to be a dictator or, an, or, or authoritarian. No, because he wants to be God. And is that not true? Think about the person that you're sitting next to right now. If you were to, to get away from them and walk away and go, let's say, I don't know, uh, Timbuktu, wherever that is, and you stayed there, would you know them or would you continue to spend time and enjoy their presence? No. Obeying, following, experiencing the presence of, that's what God's speaking about. And he's encouraging Joshua in the moment to do just that. Again, to have, uh, have faith over fear. And it was something that they were going to be tested in really soon. Because you know what happens shortly after this, right? You read on and, and you go to, to Joshua um, 5 and 6 and what happens. So he says, I'm going to, to bring you into the land. Um, all of the ones who chose to not listen to the report were gone, but surely they passed on their information and their fears and concerns to their children. And right there before them was the city of Jericho. Do you know anything about the city of Jericho? It's no accident that God did this. The city of Jericho was the most um, fortified city in all of the land. There was not a city that had um, the structure around it that Jericho did. And so when the, the, the spies were saying, hey, they had walled cities, impenetrable cities, they had seen Jericho, probably referring to it. Jericho was a city, and, and you think about this, so they had walls that were six feet thick. Let's do this one. About from the start of, of the steps to here, and they were at any given place uh, 15 to, to 20 foot high, and they had towers scattered throughout the walls that were 30 foot high so they could see danger coming from any, any angle. But they had the, the walls six foot thick, thick um, average of just say 15 feet high, and there wasn't just one, there was two by design. If by chance you were able to scale over the first wall, you would have a big surprise unless you knew the city because there was a gap there, a gap of approximately 15 feet. And so you made over the one wall, and guess what? There was another wall just like the first. Remember um, Rahab's house built up on the, that's how it could be. Because there was this big gap, and so they built houses on the wall, some of them. And if you were the enemy and you made it over the wall, whew. So anyway, um, you get the point. Very well-constructed, well-defensed city. And so they go there, um, the nation of Israel, and God says, I'm going to give you the city. And I've got a plan. And so Joshua calls his military leaders together, and he shares the plan. Do you remember what it was? I often envision that moment 
when Joshua talks to the leaders, he brings them all in, the brain trust, the military wizards, and he, they all come together, and, and they're just waiting because they're, they're, hopefully they're trusting to believe God's plan for victory and for deliverance. And they're just waiting, almost with bated breath. They're just a- anticipating, okay, okay, what is it? What are we going to do? And they're envisioning siege ramps, and they're envisioning archers, and they're envisioning battering rams and all different kinds of things. And God says, Joshua says, what God told him to say, here it is, you're going to all go out there, there's going to be the ark and the priest, and they're going to blow a horn, and you're going to march around the city once, and you're going to do that for six days, seventh day, you're going to march around it seven times, you're going to have the trumpet sound, you're all going to shout, and the walls are going to fall down. What? I think maybe a few of them are going, um, can I have a word with you? That's the plan? Because we can see the walls. Crazy as it was, they believed it. Or at least they followed and obeyed. And it was. Sometimes I wonder if when we think about our problems and we think about our issues, we get so wrapped up again in what we can see that we fail to see God. We, we live in a, in a day and age where it's show me the facts. I want the evidence. I want the proof. I want the plan. I want to cross the T's and dot the I's. Because after all, we need to be rational and reasonable people, don't we? Be bold and be very courageous. I want you to know I will be with you. That's the interesting thing about the the battle plan that sometimes, even as I read it, I skip over it. You, You go out and they march around the city, they sound the trumpets, but do you remember what was at the front? The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant that represented God's presence. And I wonder as we live our lives from day to day and maybe one of the reasons why things can be so frenetic for us is I wonder if God's leading the way or not. Just being honest, you can, in our lives. Things to think about, things to process. He says it uh, again. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Third time, third time, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. He shouted it 
um, out to Joshua, shouted it out to the people. I need you to trust, trust, trust. I need you to have faith, have faith, have faith. I can understand, once again, um, why in the world in which we live and in our personal lives we struggle so much with believing God's promises. There's a lot of voices, there's a lot of stuff. And we think about our own lives and we think about the problems that come into our lives and I think about choices. I think about being careful to follow, to obey. There's so many different things at work. But at the end of the day, um, even, even in all things, we, we have that choice. Uh, God's asking the question, who are you going to be? What are you going to believe? All the voices, you're going to believe the circumstances, what seems to be? Or are you going to claim the promises that I give to you? And you notice, um, just one thing that I, I want to end on in terms of sharing a real personal story is it says um, for the, and we, we don't think of this, this is also the short-sightedness too, and I have stories that are going through my head right now that are tough and difficult, but in real time. And I think about choices that we make and the ripples and the waves that they cause. And, and he said, you know, your choices will will be um, something that your, that your children and your grandchildren deal with. You always want to personalize our choices and think, oh, it's only me, right? Well, no, that's not true. And choices to follow, to obey, to listen, and, and to claim promises. And so, um, real quick, when I was a young man, um, I, I had aspirations to... Um, be a new millionaire by the time I was 30, um, own my own business, et cetera, et cetera. I did a lot of things in my life to, to me, are you hearing that? Um, to set the table for that. God had honored some things. I had a great job. And uh, all the while, I was, I was getting more involved in church and in ministry. And um, something crazy happened. I started to trust and believe and maybe look more at God than the world. And um, I had uh, my boss come to me, and I, I think I've shared this in, at some level maybe, um, uh, showed me he wanted me to do things that were unethical. I had a choice to make. Um, starting out in what you could call maybe a dream job future in front of me. The short of it is I said, no, I won't do it. I got fired. Only job I've ever been fired from. I remember. And so I, the other part of it is I had just gotten married to the woman of my dreams. Still is. We just bought a house. I remember being so distraught. I went out into the woods where I have a lot of conversations with God. It started back then. 
And I remember doing something really stupid. I beat a tree, the tree won. There's a blood pouring all down my hands and everything. I'm thinking, what an idiot. And I sat down and I just broke down. I don't know how long I was there. But on that day, I made a promise to God. And my promise was this. I will never doubt you again. I will never be concerned about finances. That's what was going through my head. How are we going to pay the bills? I just bought a house. We're going to lose everything. I might lose my wife. Because I made a decision to follow God. Never look back. It hasn't been easy. We had a lot of times in our life we had great struggles and all different kinds of things. But, but never, never a struggle with faith. And I'm just, just being honest. It's not one of these deals. It's all God's grace. That's all it is. We never lacked for anything. And to this day, um, and maybe to the angst of consistories and deacons, I'm not too terribly concerned about finances, only following. I share that because that's a lesson that I learned about faith over fear, about choosing to follow. I haven't done it perfectly. Don't hear me saying that. But God wants you to name your fears, to be real and honest about what brings you anxiety and stress and what you spend time worrying about and, and where you doubt who it is that he says he'll be in your life. And he wants you to come and he wants you to lay it at his feet and let go of it. Because the only time that God can turn loose on it is when you're willing to give it to him. And brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, I know you have stories. I know you can relate to this. The second you decide to let go, you'll watch him go. Enough. Lots of unknowns. Do you know what you're going to eat tomorrow? Do you know what you're going to wear? Do you know where you'll be at 1232 or 625? You might think you do, but there's only one who does. The fear of the unknown. <laughs> Let it go. No. Will you pray with me? Lord God, I praise you and I thank you for your promises. I praise you and I thank you for the grace that you have given to, I hope and trust, everybody here. Lord, that you have revealed yourself as the forgiver of their sins and to have your presence in their life and that this is real and true for them, O oh Lord, that they can claim that. 
that they understand that you are with them and you will be their God now and each and every moment, regardless of what they face or what they do. And you have promised in each and every moment to be that God who will care, who will love, who won't force, who let us fall flat on our face, but a God who will pick us up and a God who will continue to protect and care and love us each and every minute of each and every day. Help us, O Lord, to believe, to have faith over our fears, and to see you unleashed in a profound and in a big way in our lives, in our families, and in our church, in our country, and in the Dominican and anywhere else. For you are God. There is nothing better than you. May it be. In your name we pray.